Yeah, but first we have to do the thing. Purvis, cereal takes out. Cereal takes? What is the worst cereal? The worst cereal? Yeah, worst cereal. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. What will be the worst cereal? Because like, yeah, we were talking about some of the best cereals, and there's some cool ones. It recording. But... I, I was just curious, because like, I feel like a lot of people talk about this. Really? Um, Just like, in terms of like, just like a tier list. Because like, oh, yeah. I feel like if anything, cereal, cereal is the most like, relatable breakfast item like everyone eats cereal like i don't know That's anyone that like point. genuinely yeah, doesn't like, eat I, cereal <laughs> i probably don't like cereal as much as most people but you but i eat it like i always have a box of it like i'm gonna be honest i know i might get some heat for this i don't like honeycombs i haven't had I those in kinda... years i haven't you had those in what? years like man. yeah i i like honeycombs but like they're i get it like they have a weird texture. like that's what i'm saying yeah, Once no, they're my, soggy, it's over. <coughs> my hot take, here we go. Not a fan of Fruity Pebbles. Ooh. Yeah, Actually, too fruity. I, I feel that. I, I feel like I've been leaning more o- away from sugary cereal as I'm Yeah, definitely that. That like, too. Yeah, we, I was talking about that with Purvis. Like, I can't even... Nope. Even when I was a kid, I thought... Fruity. Yeah. It's just it doesn't make sense mixing it with milk. I, I don't know. What about you, Jasper? Do you have any cereal that's like everyone loves this cereal, but it's just like it's for me? Weird. Yeah, for me at this point, it's got to be Lucky Charms. Uh, yeah. You don't like Lucky Charms? Well, I, okay. like I don't mind it, but think about what Lucky Charms actually is, right? Like you've got these <laughs> marshmallows. <laughs> you've got these little marshmallow bits that have a really pretty unpleasant texture unless they've been soaked for a good while. It's like very like dry and crunchy, yeah. almost like a lemon meringue type they thing. They are dits. Yeah. Exactly. Like and them. then and then you honest. take those I love out. The awful Everything you're saying is facts, but I'd love it. Yeah, I will admit, true. I will admit, there's a certain nostalgia to it, but that doesn't make it good. <laughs> it's literally, I was just talking of like, I love Captain Crunch, but like, I can only eat one bowl. If I eat a second one, the yeah, entire no, roof can, of my I mouth is only, gone. I can facts. only do multiple bowls of like relatively. Yeah, like, and you not, look at yeah, yeah, I could not do two bowls of cinnamon. Probably my. Cinnamon Toast Crunch slaps. I, I do like me some Cinnamon does, Toast Crunch. Does slap that is like, I feel like that's also, it's like a very crowd-pleasing answer. Everyone like. Yeah. I feel like Frosted Flakes is like, also just like, overall flake. beloved. Like, yeah. everyone likes Frosted yeah. Flakes. It's hard to go wrong. And Frosted Flakes don't feel that awful. They don't but, feel too sure. That's true. They don't, but they really are. <laughs> but they are. They are. Yeah. They're delicious. Like, I was just saying, Frosted Flakes in my office, fuck me up. Like, every morning <laughs> yeah dude I get coffee from the espresso machine I get hey, that's, I get a, that's a solid meal for me I write copy for a bank <laughs> it's hard to beat that we have pretty good locks yeah. <laughs> alright well All right. I guess we can just jump Let's right into show it on the road. welcome to the show everybody, everybody yeah it's nice to be back episode. we do yeah. Um. We we have a split episode and a lot of good news. Uh, yeah. I think something very exciting Honestly, is coming up that we like all want to share. Three topics. Like, yeah, it really is. And I don't think we um, spend too much time on either one of them, but at like hours, like we. <laughs> this will be a good episode, but <laughs> we will keep it short for everyone's sake. Yeah, um. But jumping right into the news, let's get started. 
Um, starting off with their albums. Brandon, I know you texted me about this. It's a super exciting. The Weeknd is releasing the live at SoFi. Yeah, that's um, really a fun watch. Was this so? And, and I just don't know. Live at SoFi is this the one in LA? Yeah. Or is this a different location? Uh, okay. LA. LA. Okay, this is super exciting. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, this is in reference to the newest album, or is it I just like so. yeah, the I full? Yeah, I okay. think it's just like a full concert. And I think it's like tweaked a little bit so it looks better on camera. Okay. Yeah. It, I uh, feel like it's similar to the Kendrick Lamar thing that was probably. on um something. Yeah. <laughs> Some probably. streaming stuff. It's a it's a live performance. You know, not like a. So it's not guava eyes. But uh, <laughs> it'll be a fun watch. Okay. Yeah. But I will be visiting that. Um, interesting enough, uh, Creed Three art is like full release, right? Yeah, it's tomorrow. Okay, it's out tomorrow. Okay, yeah. then that's my mistake. I was like, why is the album coming out after the movie? But that's on me. Um, yeah. Dreamville is releasing the Creed 3 soundtrack. I did look at the features. Um, it looks like they expanded. Very similar to um, the Revenge of the Dreamers type of idea where you have people from TDE in there, a couple of loose people, yeah. some people from Chicago. I think the... It, it looks amazing. Um, I should ask because you had the benefit of seeing it already. Yeah. Do yeah, you think the music fit well? Here's the thing. I so they played all the music while you were in the theater waiting for the start because so dope. That. Yeah, I love that idea. But here's the thing. I as I recall the movie, there's only like one scene that has like a Dreamville song in it. And it's it's the J. Cole song. Like, it's obviously the heavy hitter one. And let me tell you, it is, like, one of the best needle drops I have ever... I've heard in, like, modern years. Like, just how... Really? Like, just how well, you know, it works. Because, like, it, it's a Roxy movie. It plays over the trading montage. And, like... That's hype. The... The beats of the verse are matching up with the beats of the punches thrown in the. That's pretty so cool. Like, <laughs> okay, that's that's a good delivery. I like that. Mixed, this is a thing that like it, it's kind of like irksome when hip hop shows up in movies and it's not like. Like, as it's early, so you can't really hear like the dialogue and. Like it usually mm-hmm. sounds like they're competing for your attention. This is just. So. The Creed Three, absolutely fantastic. Big fan of those movies. Big fan of Rocky. Uh, real quick, I was actually lucky enough to be on the Real Critical podcast where my buddy Parker talk mm-hmm. about the first Creed movie because it's the best movie decade. Decade came out. Is the podcast released? Yeah, it's out. Yeah, it's out. I'm okay. gonna be putting it. I'll, I'm gonna actually be putting in the perfect. Okay, bet. Yeah. Well, so, shout out to Patrick. Yeah, shout Our out to Patrick, fans, go movie. visit Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you listen want to listen to me talk about Rocky movies hour. Because who doesn't like Rocky movies? Who doesn't like Rocky movies? Like <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I know you're gonna hate me for this. I don't know if I've seen the original Rocky movies. So, you should change that. Yeah. You'd like them. You'd like them. They're sports movies. There's no doubt. Yeah, I, I would like it. If you like it's the just... first Creed, there's no way you won't like Rocky. Like, okay. 
Elizabeth. Jasper, have you seen the Rocky movies? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Jesus so Christ. sorry, Brandon. Infidels. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's plenty of other movies that I can I know, say. I know. I know all the that. references. I've seen the pivotal scenes out of context, but. That's you know, the best way to experience movies, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you just digest it through pop culture references. You watch enough Simpsons and enough Family Guy, and eventually you get all of it. <laughs> You'll get all of it. <laughs> that, that's honestly so true. Um, but moving on from that, we have Masego coming out with the self-titled Masego album. Um, some strong R&B vibes, so I'm excited for that. Um, Young Nudie, who never releases music, when music normally releases on Friday, drops an album in the middle of this week. It is so weird. I, I went back to actually double check this. Every single album that Young Nudie has dropped literally is like on a Wednesday. It's like on a Tuesday, Wednesday, random in the middle of the week. And I just feel like that's bad marketing, but it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> but after that, a lot of other names that I personally follow, but I know they're not like huge names, but Jordan Ward is coming out with the album Forward. Slow Thighs coming out with Ugly, who is a British artist. And then Kenny Mason is coming out with a little three-song EP. Super excited for all of those. Um, but I just don't... I know they're not, like, big hits, yeah, big no. title name people. I feel that, yeah. Um, I'm excited for Slow Thigh. I, I remember really liking the album uh, There's Nothing Great About Britain. Mm. It, I was going to say, he has a lot of collabs with just, like... yeah. People we we know. Yeah, he has he, collabs with Denzel Curry. He has collabs. Brockhampton, I can go down the list. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, literally Brockhampton. So yeah, um, no, I, I'm probably going to be listening to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to the singles and videos that we have. Um, Black, Six Lack, Slack, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. <laughs> um, he is coming out with an album finally got a release date on the 24th of this month it's been it seems like forever since we got new music from him, but he did drop a single with a music video i did not have a chance to listen to it did either one of you listen to it by chance no okay. we'll be getting to that <laughs> some other videos that came out we have joey badash dropping show me yeah. That was on 2000. That's super hype. Excited for that. that. The album didn't hit for me, but I always uh, appreciate his quality of work. Um, the most random thing <laughs> that's happened, I feel like, in a yeah, while. this is a weird... You think they just did it because... It's a J thing. It's a J thing? Do you that's think... literally... <laughs> that's literally what I was thinking. Do it might they, be a J thing. Do you think they're going to do a line with J. Crew? I, that wouldn't surprise Jesus me. Christ. It was interesting. They'll probably have their J's on. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be smoking. J-Hope might have J's. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, in the Kevin's Heart video, he's wearing Chicago ones. Yeah, there you go. For like all of the five seconds he's on screen. <laughs> Literally the five video. seconds. I love that video. It's a good video. It's a good video. Um, yeah, but I mean, interesting enough, J. Cole and J-Hope is dropping a single called On the Street. Very different collab. I'm here for it. I, I don't know if I've ever heard. I don't know if you would classify J Hope as K-pop. That I would. I would say that's probably close enough. Okay, close enough. Fair enough. I've never heard of a K-pop hip hop song. That, that's mixed. Come fight us. <laughs> Bob stands. 
No, we're not gonna have all the all the K-pop stands who listen to this podcast. All the K-pop stands. All the The, uh, two people. Uh, (laughs) Literally, the the two people. Eric. (laughs) Um, it's all those. What is it like this? Something like that. Yeah. It looks like a butt. It looks like a butt, not a heart. Not gonna lie. Just a little heart. But I mean, it's which interesting enough. I saw on instagram earlier they have been knowing each other for a while it's a very i don't want to say awkward interaction it's just two different cultures is meeting j cole and j cole is just like dapping him up calm as ever and j hope is like almost fangirling girling and it's just like oh secret lovers confirmed (laughs) but yeah i'm i'm excited no that's that's great i'm into that yeah um moving on to the actual news yeah there's this a is lot a, of moving this pieces is a lot of big news stories so break them down one by one I yes um someone beloved by all the community hit cuddy has confirmed he has an album coming out in the fall he will be releasing singles in the summer i believe this is leading towards men on the moon for i'm assuming I, that's my theory i really think this is- i know there is some like snippets of um Solo Dolo 4 featuring Playboy Cardi that he released. I'm here for it. That would be yeah. that would be dope. I'm I'm not yeah. even the biggest I'm not even the biggest Playboy Cardi fan, but I would I like that idea. Like that's an extreme com- combination. Yeah, bring no, back a, the raging kid, Cuddy. Yeah, no, Mr. Rager, bring it back. I'm into that. Literally. Yeah. Maybe it's Indica 2. I don't know. Uh oh, I, I, either one, I'm here for it. Um, so that's yeah, super exciting. I, I have a question for either of you too. Okay. Did, you, did either of you buy it when you said "Man on the Moon" or "Enter the"? No. Yeah. Because like, we went to the concert, and he said at the concert that he was gonna. He it had been five years, and he was coming back more often. Yeah. Really? He literally yeah. said at the concert. He, he said that at the concert, then directly contradicted himself in like press for whatever reason. And I was like, "Nah, that's bullshit." He he said on stage, "He's like, I'm gonna come back sooner." I'm making new shit, new shit's on the way. That's cool. New single out this weekend, and then dipped, and then like immediately contradicted that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was in the run up to Enter Galactic, right? Yeah. Yeah. We we love a controversy. But he, <laughs> he specifically mentioned that he was going to tour more often. That was like the thing. Because he's I'd like, love that. I'd love he's to like, it's been five years. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's been five years since I've been to Chicago, you know, 2017 to 2022. He's like, I'm going to. Oh, so he basically was, said, "Was this 2017 yeah. show the last time he was here?" Yes, I was yeah. at that show. Me too. We, all of us were. No, I ran into Purvis later that night. Oh, True. Purvis! I thought you were that there. That's our origin story. Yeah, no, it's like that I was there. Community threads of fate. It's like what was it like Saturday, November fourth, twenty seventeen? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Some along those a, lines. A day that will live in infamy. Let me see. We all knew each other, but didn't know each other. What a time, man. There was a time. Yeah, November 4th. I was right. <laughs> Look at that. And there you go. Yeah. But that's dope. Yeah. Exciting. Um, uh, what I would say then, unfortunately, I do have to switch back up. I'm going back to Dreamville. This oh, is man. super hype. Yeah, <laughs> um, the Dreamville Festival lineup has dropped um, many, many big names for what is... And all of the social media platforms <laughs> that everyone's talking about is the J. Cole and the Drake collab. Um, 
We don't have many collabs from them that I can think of. I don't. I can't think of any from the. I was about to say from their discography. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Like, I know they've like referenced each other in the past. Like, you know, you've heard like people, you know, clips from like Big Cole. Shouts about a middle child. He does a remix to Pipe Down. I think that's the most recent thing I can think of. But interesting enough, sorry, (laughs) that's the natural direction that like you always want to go, you know, because like interesting enough, I feel like the four biggest names, I won't say the most successful, but like the biggest names that we think of is Kendrick, J. Cole, Drake and Kanye, at least in the modern era. And like, it's interesting because like they don't have a lot of collapse with each other. It doesn't really get too intertwined. We begged for a Kendrick and J. Cole album that just never came. We got got one Black Friday release on SoundCloud and that's it. Um, So this is super exciting. I have no idea what they're going to do. If it's anything on the level of what Drake and Kanye did at the live performance, this is hype. That was super dope to me. That does sound cool, you know? Like, I love the idea that, like, if they actually had music to drop for this, because it seems weird to do a collab headline when you don't. Right. Uh, I feel like like they gotta make a song now, right? But, like, yeah, but, like, what do you... Like, what does it sound like? Is it Life is Part... Like... (laughs) I have no idea what what direction they can take with each other. Is... That would be a dangerous, a a J Cole era of him. It's like we would look between us three. We'll be acting stupid. I know that. (laughs) Incredible. My girlfriend would like. Who knows? Maybe uh, J Cole can knock some sense into Drake and humble him. Yeah. With all we can hope for, um, but uh, the name that I just mentioned, unfortunately, this is not good news. Um, I just want to get through it quickly because it is relevant to the podcast. Oh yeah, it's relevant. It's relevant. Yeah. I know. Um, the Kanye and Adidas partnership appears to be either back or back in development. Um, I'm just gonna say this, and we can move on. It was never, unfortunately, about more moral decisions it's just about the money and it really sucks i i agree it's always like these kind yeah. of businesses are always going about money the language our cultures <laughs> it, it, it it is what it is it, it's all a business this is the ugly side of some of the rents that i make <laughs> yeah. but I, I do realize that this is the negative things that could come out of it being a business um but yeah, Kanye should have been counseled years ago, but that's a different conversation. We'll get to that. We're, we're going to... Look, Jasper, I did promise you we're going to have an eventual end of Kanye era <laughs> episode. A funeral for Kanye? <laughs> a funeral for Kanye. This is something we literally talked about like from the beginning of our friendship. should actually go to like, Michigan and do a Viking. <laughs> he does not deserve that. We'll, we'll As play. in, like, he doesn't get that positive kind of outro. We'll, we'll hire singers to perform I'll Fly Away. <laughs> That's a good touch. That's just a, a really good just touch. Just the beginning. Just the, just the just, one. Uh, 
Good morning. Yeah. I love the idea. We can make yeah. it happen. Um, I can't wait to see Adidas get like a lot of backlash. Sanctioned? No, sanctioned by the fucking German government for anti-Semitic rhetoric because that's illegal in Germany, the place where Adidas is based. <laughs> so you know, point. we'll see what happens. I think they're flying pretty close to the sun, and I think it's pretty, pretty unintelligent Light of them, burn. regardless of how much money they're leaving on the table. All right. I think if if I recall correctly, it would have been a loss of one point three billion, and this is supposed to save five hundred million. So you're not that's even not a that's back. not a dub. How much money have they made off the off the Kanye deal over the years? Like, cut your losses and just let it go. I don't know. My opinion, obviously, hey, but if we ran a business, I think we'll be great CEOs. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but enough about the bad news. Something that is. Fantastic news. Kind of cool. Um, cool. It's really cool. I, I didn't really know about this. My brother, shout out to Isaac. We yeah. haven't mentioned him in a while. Um, I he kind of brought on the show, Isaac. I promise. Yes. <laughs> yeah, real soon. <laughs> um, he brought it up to Brandon and I. We have another group chat. Spotify has its new DJ feature. It's technically still in the beta stage, I want to say. Yeah. Oh, it's it's it's, it's very deep in the beta stage. Trust me. Yeah. We're gonna talk yeah. about it. It's um, it's dope. Jasper, do you want to take the lead? You, I feel like you've had the longest experience with it. I've been messing around with it all day, and I was messing with it yesterday too. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. It basically takes machine learning and, you know, like tech, basically like a text to speech system and applies it to create like an artificial dj on your phone that helps cycle music and cue things up it's basically the closest that i feel consumers yet have to the movie her with joaquin phoenix in the sense that it's a little man who lives on your phone who recommends music for you um the cracks are definitely there it's still very early beta product what gave it away originally the natural speech sounds really good at the start the first artist that it played for me was Juice World, which it called Juice WRLD. So Im- <laughs> immediate immersion breaking there. Yeah. But then it, it queued up. And one of the strongest things about it was its ability to literally just like queue into songs and seamlessly put them together on beat. It was unbelievable. I was Dude, really impressed. I had a really interesting... Who sent that to me that I was playing with it? Yeah. I had something really interesting happening with it. I was listening. Oh, let's to, hear it. Yeah, I sure. I was listening to it when I went to the grocery store. I hit it, mm. and it was like, "All right, why don't we listen to metal now?" And I'm like, "Okay." And all the it's blast, like a perfect like flawless every transition. Song was in the tempo, in the same yeah, tempo. Yeah, it does so that. Yeah, all the blast beat for the yep. the drums were like consistent across all the songs. Crazy. You want to know what it did for me? After so for the first one that I really took notice of this was it took Kendrick Allwright and dropped it into Nights, which right. is wild. Yeah. <laughs> what a collab <laughs> on beat. That was and then <laughs> and then after that it took Nights and put it into um, Tequila Shots. That's so dope. Kid, yeah. Kid Cudi, and then yeah. after that it took that and put it into I don't even speak Spanish. LOL, you know X. Mm. And then it took that and put it into Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's what a range. It's what a range. But it was like perfectly in sync every yeah. single time. And it, it dynamically adjusted like the fade in and out so it could like 
fade part of the intro that didn't match and then line up the part that does and then cut the other song out. It was just so it felt so intelligent with the way it was doing it. Yeah. Really impressive. I think, yeah, really I think that's impressive. the best feature in terms of like having it be AI generated. Because don't get me wrong, like I love a live performance of a DJ and having the skill and ability to know how to transition songs even if people claim djs do it beforehand and they just press a button regardless of all that having this AI, ai have the capability of taking like bpms and taking certain sounds and being able to like actually put it together mm-hmm. it it's you have to see it to believe it because i feel yeah, like it really is everyone's wild. dj right everyone's dj is um personalized specific to your taste so when you hit play on your own dj you will instantly yeah. realize like this is dope <laughs> what does the voice for yours sound like i want to know if they all sound the same Ooh. in terms of the way they talk i um, i don't know like uh, i'm trying to remember because I, I only listened to about four or five songs today i know or i've heard other people take like screen recordings and i've heard that they do have transitions where the DJ will jump in and be like, "Now we're gonna do this." W R O D there, so I'm gonna be here every day playing those artists you got in rotation, going back into your history for songs you yeah, used to love, sounds, and I'm always on the lookout for new stuff too. Mine sounds just to similar, push your but not exactly. I think a little different. Yeah, let me. Mine might be a little different. Yeah, I think that's super interesting too. Give me one second, let me try this. And be from the 2010s, starting with something from Kevin Abstract. You know, it can be a lot of fun to check out. It's similar. It's similar. It's about the same. But even still, regardless of all that, I think in terms of innovation, I I was telling Brandon earlier because I know Brandon said he was going to have a rant, and I do want to get to that. I want you to go through that as well. And also, I just feel like you guys are going to (laughs) agree. Oh, really? I mean, what what was it? I had no idea. I, I just think like a lot of AI tools that have come out in the last few months are like their tools, and like I think a lot of their existence borders on the unknown, right? Like I think okay. the way like Chat GPT, like the immediate impulse to use human labor of things, like I think like that makes it unethical, right? It, to an extent, right? There's a there's a coin, other side to it. To an extent, but this, I feel like because it's playing off like a feature that's normally done algorithmically and not by human labor, it feels like mm-hmm. a next generation step up. And I think it might be like the most ethical UI I've ever seen. And that was the thing that kind of like shocked me. It was like, oh, like here's an application for this technology that I feel like is inbounds and excellent execute right and the other thing i think that's cool is like because it is so personalized mm-hmm. this really can never take the spot of a real dj mm-hmm. like it's not they're not competing for the same thing right like it's you never could i think there is a, it's just a feature a, in the app exactly and i think like that's exactly how i would describe it as a feature Whereas like chat GBT and those AI image generation, I think those are more right? Mm-hmm. Because like I, I think the flip side is for like chat GPT and like those AI generation things, right? They could be used as part of like a workflow, actual artist. They have mm-hmm. validity in that way. Right? 
I don't think a DJ could actually use this, but I don't think that's really a mark against it. You know, I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I yeah, guess that's I true. Think, like it's just a f- way, a framework for looking at like how, different types of AI features, and mm-hmm. I, I think this is the most compelling one I've seen. I would generally agree, but I, I don't believe that the tools themselves that have emerged using this, you know, AI or model-based learning so far and training have are unethical in and of themselves. I think it's the use cases and the methods yeah. used to to you know foster them that are unethical. Are so, so I think it comes bad. down to the human element of it rather than just like if the fact that the technology exists. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I do not think they are inherently unethical. I think even right. GPT, it takes someone to AI, do it. But ones that do threaten like human labor, I think there is a way to use 100%. So, and that's a big, that's actually a big talking point in the community right now. Um, there have been so many kind of scares about, you know, the fact that creative work is now going to be this, this landscape that's going to be eroded in this way. But a lot of people who work in the field are effectively saying, hey, you know, the intelligent and the forward thinking of these creative people in these fields are going to find ways to supplement their own work and improve its quality using these tools rather yeah. than just be replaced by it. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I, I already know people who have incorporated. I work with mm-hmm. oh, directors yeah. a lot. Yeah. So I, I, I've seen people incorporate AI into their work. So I 100% think that that is a way of the future. I, I definitely think, you know, just as a writer, I think that has a little bit longer of a way to go. You know, I think... Because uh, I played with ChatGPT, just like the photos, like when you start to look at the fingers, when you start to look at the details of the writing. Like I put mm-hmm. in, like, oh, do Game of Thrones, with... and like at first it was like, and there's the kingdom of the bumblebees, and it's like, oh, this is cool. But then you realize it's you named adjectives. Yeah, and you look at it, and it's like. Do I think it can be a compelling tool for a real human creative to use? 100%. I just think, like, the framework of the world right now, like, the way the world is right now, it is prime for right? I oh, absolutely. Not, yeah, I don't think they're inherently. I just think, like, it's like giving an, like, it, it's like, you know, introducing an element of prime truth. It, it it all depends on the actual individual yeah. person because like obviously we're gonna come across situations we've already heard and I've already seen like TikToks and videos and people talking about like oh I'm in nursing school but I just use Chat GBC for like blah 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 and it's like obviously there's very clear negative backlash things and like yeah. issues with you cheating in school because you're going into health like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want a doctor that's like going to (laughs) not know what they're doing. (laughs) But obviously, you can use it in a positive sense as well because I feel like a couple, right, a couple months ago, we were literally talking about somebody making an AI rapper. Like, obviously, that's like all the way on the other scale. That's clearly messed up. You can't make an AI rapper. (laughs) Yeah, like that within itself is wrong. But like. It's okay to have this and you yeah, know how no, to like monitor. And that's exactly my point. That mm. I think this is some, like in a space where it can't be like it's only going. And the and the other thing I like about it is uh it's a purely unbranded experience. 
as of right now. Like yeah. Spotify. It doesn't seem like anyone's paying money worth for their songs to come up more yeah, recent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, exactly that. Spotify, if you put a little bit of effort into it, it's good. It's not super hard to get all the branding, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's a very brand focused platform. So having I mean, the DJ just be unbranded. Yeah, and it's worth pointing out, you know, every evolution in technology comes with its own rampant abuse, and we've seen it over and over again. Like, are, are either of you familiar with the boxer Jack Johnson? Sounds, I know mm-hmm. Jack Johnson. The, well, that's a music artist, but in the 19-teens and 20s, there was a famous boxer named Jack Johnson who, oh, lived, yeah, who yeah. was based in Chicago, and he was the first ever black heavyweight champion. Yeah. And Jack Johnson used yeah. a lot of his winnings to buy, at the time, brand new automobiles, which nobody had really, you know, automobiles were not a, a thing that people owned. He's the reason speed limits were implemented in the downtown Chicago area. Because he would race his automobile through the streets and potentially endanger people. Yeah. So, like, you know, speed limits became a thing because of this right. abuse and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. Yeah, no. he probably escalated that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he most definitely brought it sooner than he it needs to be. Yeah. He's black and he's having fun in the 20s. Get him. Yeah. Get him now. <laughs> Absolutely what, what not. Is, oh my God. <laughs> he also really liked white women and, you know, people didn't like oh, that either. No, so, bad, yeah, it's bad. a bad mixture. I still but he was heavyweight the... champion in the world. I what the hell are they going to do about it? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. They, they definitely uh we missed slavery then. <laughs> an exciting character, an exciting character in the in the Chicago history space. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's dope though. <laughs> um but yeah, but yeah I, just, it works super well. I, I highly recommend anyone listening, it's not hard to navigate through the app. If you do have Spotify, I would find it. Listen to a few songs, see if you enjoyed or not. In my personal opinion, Spotify is fairly innovative. They've tried the blends, which was okay. They tried the your mixes, which I think is kind of dope. I do, and yeah. I feel like the, the end of the year rap has been solidified within our culture. I don't know if they were like the starters, but now everyone has a rap. I would put this up at the scale of like a Spotify rap in terms of innovation. Oh, yeah. This is dope. Yeah. Now, with that said, that's all the good. Let's talk about the bad because yeah, I definitely def- experienced some bad. Okay, I would like okay. to hear it because, like, I my thing is it felt like the UI would switch every time I looked at it. Like, so my UI didn't change, but yeah. what I experienced on mine was that it would go DJ, and I'm just gonna like hold it up so people, anyone watching could see. It would go DJ. The DJ would speak, do his thing, whatever, and then it would go into songs, and it'll if it'll let me just like go through these. And basically, it would string them all together. It would do its thing. It would then have the DJ come back, yada, yada, yada. But once we got past a certain part, so based on recent listening, then we go into From Your Past. Once it got to Mm. a certain point after that, after like indie rock, it would break. So it was like, here are songs you listened to a lot on rotation a couple years ago that you don't listen to as much anymore, and it wouldn't play past a certain point. Uh, The first song on that was If You Know You Know, Pusha T. And it would like mm-hmm. show that it was there, and the play button would show like pop, like the option to pause it, but it wasn't playing, and I couldn't get it to go. And then I closed the app and came back to it later in the day. It started from the top and did the exact same order. I haven't been able to get uh, it to yeah. change up the order that it's playing in. 
So I was just about to say, I was looking at your phone and I was like, that looks like the one you mentioned earlier. Yeah, exactly. When I say it's in beta, it is literally giving me one Super routing beta. right now. Yeah. One routing yeah. right now. That's it. And I can't figure out how to change it. Maybe it's like an app update thing. Maybe I have to like, I don't know, Maybe sign I out of Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. You could definitely see the creaks. Like it's yeah, they're limitations. It sucks that it's only on iOS and Android, which like is how probably eighty percent of people listen. To probably yeah. more than eighty. <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing is, like when I'm at home, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I use it on the computer too. Yeah, I'm on my computer. So it's like it's not on the computer, correct? No, no. Okay. Okay. Like I even like if you I was oh. playing it on my phone, and like but if you go to do it, it'll say it's unavailable. Mm, so it's super beta, yeah. yeah, for sure. But it's something I hope they develop. It's something I hope they they do better. I hope they won't do everything that they've always done. Make it a start making money. Capitalism so, escape that my eyes. It's like, oh boy, man-made horror is beyond my comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just found an article from 2015 saying that. At that point was when Spotify made the shift where mobile actually took over in terms of majority share. So in That's 2015, more recently than I would have thought. Yeah, well, these these metrics are not. You know, it's hard to find anything more recent. But it says here, 42% on phones, 10% on tablets, and desktop software makes up 45% as of 2015. Yeah. What is, what like, year was that? Because like 2015. Can't you? Isn't there a free version of Spotify that you can only use on a desktop? Can't no, you-, you can you can use the app for free too. You'll just have ads. Oh, okay. It's it's the now, same kind of thing. Now, the smart among us back in the day when funds were low and you weren't going to pay money for music every month, AdBlock Plus, Open.Spotify.com, which is the web player instead of the actual app, and you could block the ads coming in, and you could just play your music like it was premium. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. brain time. I was about to say, people like us knew that, but not a lot of people probably knew that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. we just right. spent a lot of time on the computer. But but the fact that AdBlock blocks audio ads is very impressive. Shout out AdBlock Plus. That, we love you. That actually is. That is very I impressive. I, I'm curious then, because I'm looking at 2015, and this is just my curiosity taking over. That was the iPhone 6, 6S yep. Plus. Mm-hmm. And the Samsung Premium Galaxy? S- no, S7. S7. Was like, that, was like that time, most likely. Was um, this like the biggest shift? That was that, This was the time when phones started to actually get good. Like, you could expect your phone to last more than two years. Yeah. I, f- I feel mm. like. Yeah, it makes sense now. 2014. Smartphone revolution. Like, the yeah. iPhone started approaching its larger, more standardized form compared to the more niche size that it was before that the 5. That explains it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's the shift. Our coworker <laughs> still uses an iPhone 6S. Just want to shout out Vince real quick. That's oh, Vince uses a 6S? That's yeah. actually not that surprising. Then, but like, hearing it is like, wow. And then he bought like a little Nokia to use Movius like separately. I love him. Guys, I love that guy. It's a it's a brown bank app that people use to get like their email and stuff on their phone securely, which I would never sign up for, but some people did. Yep. I if you want to take your work home? No. <laughs> I think not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> unless you're unless you're a manager, in which case by all means, which we are not. So you whatever. Be. 
Mm, well, look. <laughs> yeah, there are other people in line. But anywho, right? Okay, but um, so we all like the DJ. We all like the little. I'm here for it has DJ. a lot of promise. Yes. Yeah, a lot like, of promise. My vote is yes. Yeah. So right. oh, I have a question. Funny, I had a funny thing though. That happened with this. Okay. Same, like right before the metal thing, right? I got a thing, and it's like doing the going back, like oh, what you? Mm-hmm. It's like we're going back to the summer of twenty. Like I remember those. Like let's look at look. You were listening to. Ah uh, yes. A lot of Kanye West. <laughs> a lot of Kanye West. <laughs> like, this and is true. I was like, did the Spotify DJ just call me anti-Semitic? Like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> hey man, you too can touch the sky if you try hard enough. I yeah. do. I do try hard enough. That's funny. But um, wild, I'm wild, curious. Wild, yeah. And uh, I, maybe I just don't understand. So we're about to dive into something that I am extremely out the circle in. Let's go. Master of Purpose. Like this, I, I, I could be wrong. No, Master I love of Purpose. Puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Master of Puppets came out in 1986, it says. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was 87, but yeah, one of the two. Okay. Um. What? made this like trending it's not like a 20 year 30 year or something like that like why is because such a random was, year because i was listening to the album and i looked it up yeah, and it no, comes it's, out it's the anniversary on the day this podcast comes out yeah. this week yeah, so oh it came out march 3rd 1986 <clears throat> so, okay, that was, okay. What, that's 37 years ago 37 this friday baby oh my god this is one of the greatest albums. That's gross. <laughs> Midlife crisis inbound for Master Puppets. Let's I, go. At, at my desk at work, I uh, I have a uh, a cassette of. Oh my god! I keep it. Really? Fire. I, I That's kind of dope. I love this album. With all this my is my albums. favorite. This is my favorite Metallica album. I have a very similar relationship to Metallica that you guys have the Kendrick Lamar. Because no, I that Purvis has to Kendrick Lamar. That, but no, I'll say I'll take that title. Well, yeah, <laughs> because like, I understand that Master Puppets is their best album, but I prefer Ride the Lightning. Right? I could see that. Yeah, I would say Ride the Lightning way, is a, for me a very close second. Yeah, no, Ride the Lightning is incredible. Master Puppets is, I, I think it's that, you know, they're separated by a half point. And this, I just, god damn, so many classic yeah, Red Lightning is, I would say it's almost on par. I, I think it's just a slightly less focused, and that's why I think Ooh, Master I, Puppets is just that I, little bit more for me. I, I just love the theme. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like the meditations on death and all the different... Now, I, if I recall correctly... Because we did the deep when... dive on Ride the Lightning. That's what I'm saying. You had me listen to Ride the Lightning, and if I recall correctly, this was a part of a trilogy. Is this also in this trilogy? Yes. Yes. Yep. So okay. there's a there's a trilogy of Calca concept from Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Just mm-hmm. Right. I personally think you know, like I think Injustice for All is kind of it is, it's not as strong, for sure. And it is the worst mixed album ever. 
It's not well mixed. <laughs> it is that like, and like very early stuff, like Kill 'Em All, is like I think also not on the level. Ooh, I like Kill 'Em All. I like Kill Me all too, but I just don't think the mix is like very high quality, especially and the early. My my uh, I I think my my dirtiest Metallica act is I really really quite good. Not as good as like Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning or Kill 'Em All, but I like it more than just. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like I don't have the same traditional views on Metallica a lot of metal fans do. Like, I don't mind a good number of songs off Death Magnetic, and I know people don't like that oh, album. I like, so, like, I like a couple songs off Death Magnetic. Like, I, yeah. The Saint Anger is the one that I write about. True. Uh, I mean, I have to even, I have to go back and look. There's a couple that I really mess with. I just yeah. haven't listened to it in a while. But the thing I think is super interesting is, you know, I think it's fun how Master of Puppets has become like this cultural staple, like point where it shows up in. Yeah, you know, people wear it as a shirt without knowing what it is, which I think is cool. I think it's like a sign of the ubiquity of that thing in culture. You know, like I think that's an important step for it to take, right? And I think it's interesting to think about like where do we like do we think we could get out of these albums? That on now, like, because that that was the thing with Master Pump that it was immediately it was the blonde of it. Okay, in a very in like different way, but yeah, yeah, it's because but, it was a different. It was a metal culture in the eighties is definitely very different than hip hop and R and B culture in the thousands. Yeah, the sense that there was a culture, I think, makes it more similar than different in the grand scheme. Purvis, just for like your context here, Master of Puppets is considered like so influential to the metal genre that it is the first metal recording or metal album to be selected by the Library of Congress for preservation for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind I mean, of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I would believe it. I, today was the first time I've listened to the album. Um, so what did you think? What, what, what I'm super curious. Like, what were your favorite songs? I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> um, this at is, least going through it. Yeah, what's up? Just because, like, when we were when we brought up this, I thought like something I've always wanted to say about that ride the lightning chat was that I think it's very funny mm -hmm. how despite coming at these from such different ways, we do have the same favorite song in the app. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Um. <laughs> like, I, I mean, at least going into the album, luckily enough, I had the benefit of listening to Ride the Lightning, which I did enjoy. Um, it, it's difficult to kind of explain what it feels like when you go into this kind of genre of music and not having any kind of background or no <laughs> anything to reference. Right. There's, there's nothing I can really go off of. I, I love the sound. Once again, rock music, metal, whatever this falls under. Live music, ten out of ten. Like there's, there's just no other yeah. genre I feel like even compares to it. Um, even though this is studio made, I would say, and very heavily like mixed yes. in a studio, yeah, yes. you can still tell like, like when if you, you were to go to a Metallica concert, like I can completely understand the energy. I I get the vibes behind it. Um, Master Puppets is a phenomenal song. I did not realize how long it was. Yeah, no, it's um, an epic. 
it is long. It is um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, I, I find that listening to this genre of music, it is so fast paced. Like it changes time almost. Yeah, I feel like 100%. we've talked about this. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about this in the past. Well, I use music sometimes as a like a measurement of time. Like, oh, I got to drive downtown. Let me listen to this 40 minute album because yep. I'm going to make it when the album finishes. I wouldn't be able to just sign yeah. with this album because I just I don't know. It's so action packed and it's so much moving at one time. I was like, it has to have been like 20 minutes and it was like five. And I'm like, what, what's going on? It doesn't feel like it, but the album, it's only eight tracks, the original album, but it's 53 minutes long. Yeah. For eight uh, tracks. Jesus. And that's the thing. Cause like they're, they're known for like the epics, the multiple passages. The yeah. Solos, is uh, this a standard in the genre? Just like, this is definitely standard from Metallica. This is this is the album that kind of pioneered that as a standard, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely that that scope. Because like without them, you don't get Slayer. Um, I don't know. You don't get Megadeth, that's for sure. Definitely don't get Megadeth. Like, Which you know, yeah, opinions or not, Megadeth has contributed to the genre in a lot of ways. Yeah, so. they have. And like, look, Megadeth isn't awful. Like, Rust in Peace is a classic. Like, yeah. But regardless okay. of how we feel about him, Dave Mustaine is a very talented guitarist. Yeah, like, he is. I just, just it just is. So much. I, I know. <laughs> I just fucking hate him so much. Like, I understand the hate for Lars Ulrich, but like, Dave Mustaine deserves so much. Like, valid, <laughs> valid. Yeah. I'm curious then, because you guys just said Megadeth, which I've never heard of. Um, before we get into whoever that is, if we want to dive into that, we can. Yeah, we I have did fun. have one like overall major conversation I want to go over. Let's do it. Because for for me, all the genres that I listen to, there are very clear cut lines between the the generations and between the eras. Yeah. We just did a whole episode on hip hop, how there's pre blogger and post blogger. Like there's very clear lines. And in today's society in twenty twenty three, I know the types of hip hop albums there are. And even R&B. I know there's old R&B, there's new R&B, and I know the differences between them. For my limited information coming into something or a conversation like this, like I know Metallica, I know Nirvana, I know ACDC, the list goes on. I don't even know if these all fall under the same tree. But like, is there a group or a handful of groups that actually exist in 2023? Because I feel like I know I'm not in the circles, but past 2010, what is the state of the genre? Like, I don't know anyone that's actually doing heavy metal like this. It's, like, it's, it's such an 80s, rock 90s rock is thing. Rock is it's yeah. so that is true. Okay, but there's also really hard. There's also the fact that metal as a genre has diversified so intensely since this point. Yeah, this album is kind of like a crystallization of what became the American thrash metal sound. So. Okay. So, so this album did like massive numbers in the U.S., but actually wasn't that successful nationally or internationally, rather. And you see that over time, you start to get like breakout groups into different subgenres. So you see the rise of new metal, yeah. metal like metalcore, and like all these other little subgenres that like grunge also yeah. like really <clears throat> a lot of the shine from. Yeah, you, know? you, you see, me metal becomes metal. a sound. Yeah, metal becomes a sound that becomes less 
it feels less contemporary into the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah. So that's why you see like people who consider themselves to be metal artists or metal enthusiasts break off and join more subgenres that evolve the sound. So yeah, nothing coming out today sounds like this, frankly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that then, that makes sense. Yeah. And it, it's crazy to think like it's like how nobody um, sounds like Grandmaster Flash. Yeah, I guess exactly. is like the way of putting it. Yeah. And I I do understand like how coming in the metal is like a like there's lines, subgenre lines. Yeah. Like I, I definitely understand feeling like how that could be a thing. I think possibly the only other genre that's like harder maybe like Right. I would say EDM has a lot of that oh, too. EDM too. Yeah, a EDM, lot of overlap. EDM too for sure. But when you when you get into the scene, like you can it, it's not You can tell the difference. You can totally tell the difference. Yeah. Like and another thing that's important to remember, another piece of context was as popular as this was right now, at this time there were two different like competing strains of heavy metal. In yeah. the eighties, heavy metal was pop music, the most popular music. A type of heavy metal called hair metal. Right. Okay. Bands like Van Halen, Rat, Poison, Poison. Yeah, exactly. You know, the big hair, the the party boy kind of it, aesthetic. It, it it almost is like a glam rock aesthetic. Yeah, to very an very. Yeah, it was like the evolution of. Glam it was rock. guitar hero. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah exactly. Pretty much. Okay. Then, <laughs> okay. No. That, I mean, that honestly, it was guitar hero. Like that's what I think of. And like, but and then, this this was the flagship for the counter running to so the same way that like kendrick lamar runs counter to like i don't know drake i I was thinking someone more like like young boy never broke again like, oh sure yeah 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 that's totally valid <laughs> well no that like, much different <laughs> yeah like really, well it like, becomes yeah. like the very like pop commercial and yeah. like more more performative versus like the substance and like the yeah. the really dense like cult fan and base. like it still does numbers but it's rooted in like the core fan base for yeah right? and, and interesting before so, that you even see like black sabbath being like the, i think the original yeah, of a lot of that common well. name. black black yeah. sabbath judas priest was another super important band I think Judas Priest walks the line though for like hair metal aesthetically in a Ooh, lot of ways no i completely disagree I no, no, no. I don't mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean aesthetically. I mean, like, um, what's the word? Shoot. Like, like almost sonically. Like, the lyrical style is so, or the, like, the so different. I don't know. From man, because, like, Metallica. I, and so, like, one of my passion projects in college was writing a screenplay about Rob Halford. Uh huh. The singer. Because, mm-hmm. Purvis, when you think of, like, when I think, when I ask you to think of, like, an outfit associated with, like, 1980. What do you think? An outfit, a whole bunch of leather and spikes, but that's okay, so no, perfect, that's coming from perfect, something I don't perfect. know. No, no, no. <laughs> you literally you could not have given me a better answer. Because <laughs> that entire aesthetic was created by Judas And it was created by Judas Priest. Rob Halford was a gay man in the just decided to wear that stuff as a bat, like decided to turn it into heavy metal. So it couldn't be gay. Yeah. And like, yeah, let me, okay. and let me just, oh, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I, and also sonically, they were very faint. Like they were the band that's considered, because Black Sabbath is considered the first heavy metal band, but they have a lot of blues. 
Yes. Jewish Ooh, priest is like blues. Yeah. I think you would like Black Sabbath. It's also very stoner kind of. Uh, but Judas Priest is like the band that's like cuts out the blues. Right? So they have that mm-hmm. aesthetic okay. thing and then they have the sonic. So I, I think they're one of the most important bands. <clears throat> I agree, but I think that the benefit of hindsight changes in my, at least in my opinion, what the definition of, or like what genre Judas Priest would really be considered. Because I don't think you can lump them in with Metallica. I think Metallica is a lot heavier in terms of like, yeah, Yeah, in in terms of the metal sound, in terms of the metal sound of Judas Priest. Like I think of the song "Living After Midnight" and how very, how very not metal that sound sound song is in terms of like the the sound it carries. To me, it's almost like if metal were influenced by like new wave, like the cars, yeah, that's like the sound that I get. I think that. that, I think that would be a perfectly fine take to have from that song. But I yeah, think if specifically. you go into like painkiller oh, and sure. breaking yeah. the law and stuff like that, you get that grittier heavy metal sound. I yeah. agree. They, they aren't the, because they're the progenitor of like that sounds, you know, it doesn't sound revised. I do think Metallica is like, of that sound yeah or that sound and that aesthetic and then everything after that is like a mix of it uh and also heavy metal at the time was a lot less uh defined like i remember yeah. it was just a, it was like the i think like the last week or the before we had jasper on like full time i recommended a song called godzilla it was a very silly song about I oh love, yeah, I love Blue Oyster Cult because they're a very thinky, heady band, right? And they were considered heavy metal at the time. Like that's how they were marketed. That's what they were called. Like they were heavy metal festivals. But like I played it for Purvis, and he was like, "No, I this not sound like heavy." So I think so, we've got to understand that like it was always a more genre than thing, something like. That is true. I think another thing that we're. Artic- like describing without realizing it is the national cultural differences oh, yeah, sure. in, in what defines metal because Judas Priest is British Metallica is American I think that right there alone is enough of a genre gap in just like what constitutes the sound of British metal evolving around the same time as the punk like yes. development whereas you know American metal is coming out of a vacuum kind of uh, almost like the way has been cleared after the like really over the top seventies classic rock scene. Yeah, uh, I I definitely think that's valid. Hundred percent. I do like Metallica themselves definitely came out of the punk scene. But, like that's where they yeah. got their and everything. And that's definitely true. I definitely think we should keep that in mind. I think the difference in time, Metallica, I think is pretty far. Let me. It's not that far. It's like maybe five to seven years, depending on like when they were at their at their real height, I guess. Uh, I mean, I mean, you see releases for Judas Priest from nineteen eighty through eighty seven, which is or eighty through 80, ninety, yeah, which is like British Steel is like British Steel through Screaming for Vengeance, but like the early eight. Yeah, you're right. So it's not super long. You're right. They're uh, they're technically contemporaries, but just so, there's yeah, like a little are, bit of a latency. Yeah, there's a little bit of a latency, and I definitely think enough for that influence to be a real thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. They're definitely more contemporaries than they're. I'm mistaken. 
I would consider I would consider the pre, the true precursor or predecessor to be Black Sabbath because Black Sabbath was very active in well, the seventies. No, Black Sabbath is just very accurate. Like, well, that yeah, is just the a, a stake. Yeah, I I just you know I just know from like do, you know, reading countless that you know what a alcify. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, but yeah, no. Well, I think Purvis. What what other songs did you fuck with? Uh, let me pull it back up. Give me a second. Because I'm a huge fan of the thing that should not. I think we should say what our favorite is and our least favorite. That's fun. I I mean I'll go first just because I. That's fine. Don't have a lot of weight. <laughs> um, I listened to it once. Um. Master of Puppets is what stood out the most, obviously, as it is the title of the album. Yeah, I can mad at that. <laughs> I honestly don't have a least favorite. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if I have enough of a developed taste to like know what's bad in this genre. Well, the thing is, no, uh, no track on this is bad. It's like if you have. Yeah, that's also under, true. I yeah. definitely have a solid least favorite. Same. Uh, but okay. I yeah, I don't think there's any track that's bad. Did you like Orion, the real trippy punk? I did. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that. So, do you know the lore behind this album about Cliff Burton? Um, I don't know anything about this album. Oh uh, what I could say in terms of like, what, what I could take away from the quality, I think it's top tier quality. Yeah. Now, it's certain beats that I just am not familiar with. Like, there are certain things where like the snare would. I think it's offbeat, yeah. <laughs> but it, obviously like it, it's a type of music. I'm just not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, my favorite song is probably the thing that should not be right now. Master of Puppets is a classic. One of my favorite, but it's like, and my least favorite, once again, it's still a very good song, but I would say probably Dan. I think Orion is. Central core. Valid. Yeah. Jasper, give your your favorite and least favorite, and then I'll tell Purvis. For me, I'll say, I mean, obviously, Master Puppets is undeniable, and it is, you know, the quintessential off this off this album. With that said, my personal favorite is Welcome Home. Yeah, Sanitarium. Very good. I can play it on guitar. Um, and then my least favorite is probably Leopard Messiah. Oh yeah, that's a that's another Leopard Messiah, Disposable Heroes, and Damage Inc. I feel like I feel like they're they're a, not a... agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, no, totally agree. I used to be able to play the the hard red. I know the one. <laughs> yeah. So the the creepy lore purpose is that uh, so there's four members of Metallica, right? And their bassist was a man named, and he was like a classically trained, stellar music, right? Like mm-hmm. top tier. And he basically joined this punk metal band. I personally am of the belief that that's how they became. Cliff Burton was like, right? yeah. So they, okay. so they just finished the album and they're finishing tour for Ride the Light. Right, they're on a bus driving through. There's an ice skate. 
cast a card for. And the guitarist and Cliff Burton draw cards. Guitarist gets. So he wins. Okay. Plus. Okay. Cliff Burton. Hmm. So this was okay. last album. And it haunted over the album. I think, like, it's kind of like a fact. But yeah, a pretty heavy piece of contact for the That's sad. entire. And it is sad because he's like one of the great lost is truly do not know what the entire landscape is. I think there'd be a good chance. Uh, um, there's four people in a group? Is that correct? Okay. Right now, he yeah. was the fourth? Yes. He was oh, wait, he was the fifth? No, he was the fourth. Okay, he was yeah. the fourth. So there's the three fourth. now. Yes, and then there was three, and then they got a new bassist, Jason Newstead. He was with them for okay. the albums. And then for the last two decades, they've been with a different robber. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a sad context, but you know, it's part of the... It's part of the... That so, and like, also... A lot of the lyrics have a lot to do with just like the feeling of paranoia in yeah, general. Paranoia. So, oh, that's yeah. Yeah, the thing that should not be is that you're being controlled. You're the puppet. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's Cthulhu. Yeah. So the the idea of it being like a global or universal paranoia is something that's made this also like a, a hallmark of the genre in that way, where it's like this has big, you know fight the man but you are powerless to fight the man energy which is like something that has really been if you had to boil metal down into like a thing in towards like the right. end of its success run into the 2000s i think that's the concept and this yeah. album is like what pioneered that in a way i yeah i think that's a real i well that brought up two points then the, the first thing i will say is a little bit shorter the power behind that reminds me of mac miller because his last album was literally about drug addiction. Yeah. Um. So that definitely instantly comes up in my mind. Um. The second part of it is kind of what I was alluding towards with the initial question I had. Um. With considering the current state of metal or heavy metal, and it seems like it is—I don't want to say on a downfall, but it—it's hurting. Is it due to it being about fighting the man? Is it just not something that people? apply to their lives now is it not relatable as much just, like what what is making the genre not be successful i just don't so, think it is sonically anymore and also i think like all the artsy kids pop and indie pop yeah yeah purvis so, oh sorry i just i just want to say one thing here the thing is like the fan base and like the 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 appeal of metal hasn't gone away it's just that what is popular music has shifted i think yeah so that's a good point and that's the thing is one day hip-hop rap trap all of this is going to recede to that point and whatever the next genre is is going to take that space around with it in the pop sphere 
but there's always going to be a core community that comes back to it. So a good example of a band that's been doing, I think, incredibly purist work in a sense in terms of metal as a greater genre, not breaking it down by subgenre, is Daughters. Oh, and yeah, like, okay. what what Daughters is doing the album "You Won't Get What You Want" came out in 2018 and is like, I, you gotta listen to it. Like, yeah. it's hard to describe. It's really, really excellent, and it's it's kind of a, again a return to form in a way for a genre which is past the peak of its popularity and you know might have a peak again at some point in the future, but yeah. for for the time being is at a low point in terms of its its mass reception. I mm-hmm. that's so smart. And like yeah, dog, great call on dog. Just... And like yeah, yeah they don't have a lot of monthly listeners. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. It's like it's it's a hidden gem, and when the genre bottoms out in terms of popularity, you you get these core communities that cling to something. But and, and man, then, is there something that it cling to? <laughs> I also think it's worth pointing out that like the rock bands that do emerge and are popular are like popular because of it is. Yes. I think about Led Zeppelin. Oh, um, the one who uh, Fantano's always ragged on. Um, yeah. Uh, I forget their name. Greta Van Fleet. Yes, Greta Van Fleet. That's yeah, it. Greta Van Fleet. I also think the Italian one, Manskin. Just like uh, I'm not familiar. Yeah, I think they're just like a poor like. Rock. So I think that's another issue. Rock fan. Well, I, th- I, I'm hesitant to ever put the onus on fans, but I think. Like- yeah, and, and and there's also the case to be made that rock as a genre is is just limited by the tools of its creation. Right, you right. can only make so many sounds with the guitar. Yeah. I mean, tell that to Jack White, but what Jack White does at some yeah. points doesn't even isn't even necessarily considered rock. Yeah. So. You start escaping what is a traditional view of of a music genre based on the instrumentation of it, and you start breaking off into what eventually becomes a separate standalone genre. Yeah. And hip hop, I think, has it is wider in the sense that a lot of it, because it is derived from synthetic sound or you know organic sound that has been modulated and changed to become synthetic, has a longer or a wider berth when it comes to what people would sonically accept to be hip hop and rap yeah. and, and like other things within that genre. The fact that run DMC and trippy red reside within the same genre is I think a testament to that yeah. in a way. That's so and, and rock just doesn't have that. It's more narrow in, in the yeah. way that the instruments really define what the genre is and isn't, I think. Mm-hmm. I do think there is. Yes. I think there's one other detail. I think you said, I think the other thing is that there is at least one genre of rock that has always been relevant probably always be so i think a lot of people have any that's pop punk yeah totally like bands like games we play and all out boy i'm trying to think i mean panic you can't you have to put panic in there yeah well i i just met like panic is kind of like R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. But that is great. <laughs> but like that that lane of rock music, you know, that will always have an audience because it will always be Green Day. Yeah, Green Day. Uh, Those are consumable. Yeah, I, I think Turnstile is the big uh, that right now. They put out a classic. Um, 
So I, I think that's the other thing is that there is like this one specific lane of rock music. And I think like that just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you go where the people are. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's a shame. I wish there was a more vibrant rock scene. One day. We'll I, get it I back. I think it'll come back, you know? We'll get it back. It just, it's just going to take some other kind of fusion with another genre to yeah. draw people in, I think. I and really, then people can get back to purist kind of stuff. For a while, I really thought it was going to be Gary Clark Jr. Be able to, like... And he makes great albums. Off like that. There are a lot of artists who fall into that vein. Yeah. I mean, artists who have like huge kind of critical mass moments in terms yeah. of popularity of like a song or an album, but then don't really amount to it. I mean, yeah, the early two thousands, the early two thousands had so many. I mean, Jet, you have Weezer, you have MGMT. Weezer's still around, but yeah, yeah. But in terms of critical mass, like the Blue Album, oh but, yeah, come on. that was in the it's early, just like yeah, that was a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, all right, do we want to move on to? The one Purvis can talk about, like, <laughs> unless unless Purvis has any other thoughts or closing uh, comments on on which you know Metal Puppets here, which is the next metal band we're gonna make. Purvis. Megadeth, <laughs> the derivative. Oh boy, that sounds exciting. I was thinking we could cut him. Megadeth. We could do Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I mean, that's an machine. option. I I would really love to hear his take on either Endgame, which is newer. Or, um, you know, the cla- by, by uh, Megadeth. Oh, okay. Or, or like, a, one of the classics, like Rust in Peace. Yeah, Rust in Peace. I am dying to show Purvis Toxicity. True. That is... I could do that. Something with less energy. Just give me something with less That's energy. That's not what this is. <laughs> <laughs> you came oh. to the wrong genre, motherfucker. <laughs> It only gets worse. Please. <laughs> I'm begging. Put on the Motorhead. Put on the biscuit. <laughs> Slipknot, please. It's just no. funny because, like, even listening to some of these albums, even if I was, like, alive back then and I was in my prime 20s listening to music, I probably still wouldn't be listening to this music. Yeah. Even I mean, if it was, valid. like, the popular music. Yeah. Well, it was a strain of popular music. There were a lot of popular sounds back then, arguably more than there are now. So, yeah. you know, it's the, the internet in a lot of ways has really codified what is popular in terms of musical yeah. sound. It's given it's given people the, the lane to just flood the market with their particular sound and drive everything else to the border. All right. You're going to have good taste to discover new stuff. Yeah. yeah there you go. <clears throat> but anywho. Um, How are you feeling? This was a big week for you. This was a big week for me. Um, Don Tolliver dropped Lovesick and a few days later dropped a deluxe version, um, which I'll get into my opinions on that. But uh, I I figured we'll just start off with initial thoughts and first impressions. Um, Coming into it, you know, I'm hyped. Don Tolliver is definitely one of my angel boys. I put him up there on a very high pedestal. Um, with with respect to the legends, of course, but everything that I've heard, I, I've been super impressed. I love the sound of the album. It feels very 
strong and solidified within itself. It it doesn't do too much. It doesn't go outside his boundaries, but he's able to branch upon his skills. I feel like this is a growth album, but like, I think we we can get more out of him. We can definitely get more out of him. But what I heard was it it was very impressive. Um, There are maybe one or two songs I genuinely don't like. I I will be upfront about that. But I think the rest of it is really good. Yeah, no, I thought it had kind of a rocky start. Mm. Uh, but once it hits its groove, I think I would step up. Right? Like, is it quite to the level that I think he's capable of? <clears throat> but wrong step in the right direction. I told Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Like, Heaven or Hell is really good, but I think at least has a much more... So, oh yeah, I'm I'm into it. Absolutely, like, I I really enjoyed this album. Yeah, there's a few songs on here I don't like, but if I may break this fourth wall a little, <laughs> I think like there's a thoughts to be. Mm-hmm. Jasper, what were your initial thoughts? Well, hearing both of you give those opinions, I think I'm going to be the most critical of the three of us. Okay. Um. I've listened to it twice so far, fully all the way through. Once the bass version, once the deluxe version. And I, you know, initial thoughts, I, I think that, you know, I'm a, I am expect a little bit more, to be honest. You both have touched on how sonically it's, you know, it's doing something interesting. And I agree with that. But I feel almost a little let down by the lack of, I guess, I don't want to say making it into a concept album, but using using his really incredible voice to do do more than effectively be an instrument and and actually okay. whether it's tell stories or you know better inform or you know entertain the listener so for, for me i think it's just it lacks messaging in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. and like you said there are a couple of songs on here that i really do detest there are some that i really like but some of them just don't hit for me um and I think the order of the album's a little weird too. There are some songs at the beginning I would think would be better suited to the end, just like the structuring of it, but we'll get into that oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, I, okay. I I think the beginning of this album. Yeah. They are made worse. <laughs> yeah. So overall the deluxe like, was placed in the wrong place, yeah. M- musically it's 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 more of, of what I would expect from from the growth trajectory of Don Tolliver. I think he's got a lot of interesting sounds here. I just wish he could do interesting things vocally. Not even technically, but just in a, a writing way that would com- complement and contribute to that. Because I think that would make this a much stronger album. Yeah, um, I think that's yeah. I, I that's a good take, think, in my like, opinion. Yeah, no, I don't hate that take. Like, I did go looking around online after I listened to it, and I was like, "Does anyone else feel the same way about this album?" And I came across the Rolling Stone review for it. Oh, well. the, head, the headline describes exactly how I feel about it. Don Tolliver's Lovesick is seductive and forgettable. Which, yeah. ly- lyrically speaking, I think is fair. I think it's a forgettable album. It's yeah, it's musically very interesting, but it's just the lyrically something to be desired for me. Yeah, I agree that like lyrically, lyrically, it's just not. It doesn't have a lot of substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I was okay with that because of I felt like a refinement. In- I, I agree. I just, I think if he had so little to say, I'm surprised it's as long as it is. And that's totally fair, right? Like, yeah. that's yeah. totally fair. And the other thing is that 
and, and maybe I'm biased and ironically I think like about to touch Mm-hmm. Like I actually like that this is like more classic concept album in that it's more of just a, you know, it's kind it of is, more like I a think. ride the lightning and puppets. So I'll agree um, with that. Yeah, I, know, I definitely agree with that. So yeah. I I enjoy overall like conceptual and sonic direction. I think when it comes to like Beatles, I there was a few tracks, John Oliver. Not a lot, but if it's like, oh, he definitely has this. Right. And, and that's why the order of the album not, throws me off. Yeah, and that just is not executed. So that, obviously. But be, I, I do think the growth is overall. Perhaps, I, do, I just mm-hmm. got shocked as something to win for. Yeah, overall, um, yeah. Yeah, and like I was, I came out of S Project. Of the life of Don, yeah, life of a Don. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I, I thought that was. The it's a very boring album. It's yeah, it, uh, it doesn't grab me either personally. Uh, I I will say definitely off of the explanation that you're giving, Jasper. I could see how. I think John. Oh Jesus Christ! I think Don Tolliver has the the capabilities of releasing a concept level album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing is that like. There and this could it, I don't know if he's not there yet necessarily well I guess you can say that because he did he didn't do it <laughs> but um, I, I think the way I come into listening into someone like Don Tolliver I don't really do it for a concept album it's the vibe right you, and I understand this is that. one of the few people that like it legitimately is and I hate to compare Don Tolliver to Travis Scott but as someone who naturally falls under him it just makes sense you're not going to get an actual concept album from Travis you'll get I, a theme roller coaster theme park album <laughs> well, but you're not going to get really get like a really in-depth concept album where oh this this park that I grew up with as a child means so much to me and it right. helped my development and it stands for so much for the community and this type of way. Like, you're, no, yeah. you're not going to get that. You're going to so, get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it to me, it, it depends on what our definition of a concept album is, right? Because to me, the strongest concept album Travis has ever released is Rodeo. And in a lot of ways, you know, it doesn't have to be super direct. Not everything has to be Igor, right? Where it explicitly mm-hmm. tells a story with every track. Yeah. But Rodeo has the progression of, you know, there's a, a young man who's uncertain about his future. He's making mistakes. He doesn't know where to turn. And then by the end of the experience, he goes through it and he doesn't want your apple pie mama. He wants to figure out his own way and, and do things mm-hmm. his way. And and he's going to he's going to succeed, but he's going to, you know, the world is his for the taking. And that's kind of like the progression of that album. And, and this album, in a lot of ways, it has the makings of being kind of a more abstract concept album. It's just that the songs, the ordering doesn't make sense to me. I want to talk about Leave the Club and Let Her Go, right? Okay. Leave the Club is a song that should be at the end of this album or toward the end of this album. He's talking about he wants to leave the club, yada, yada, yada. I could totally see this track as being like the majority of the album before this is like infatuation and, you know, falling for somebody, whatever else. And then he's hurt in some way and he wants to leave the club and and go home and, and, you know, stop the party, that kind of thing. 
And then Mm -hmm. let her go is something in the same vein where it's like, oh, you know, it may not work out and it's, it's time to, you know, let go, say goodbye, that kind of thing. I think there are things that could have been done to make this album stronger in that like abstract sense in the way that rodeo really excels. And I just don't think it, 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 it does that at all. So for me, I think that's just a missed opportunity. You don't have to change up the, the actual content of the songs, but just the maybe way, the order. yeah, the way that they're, the way that they complement each other and the story that they have to tell as they relate to one another is missing. I think. It's an interesting perspective bringing that up because honestly, I don't know the process that an artist goes through when you're selecting the order of your songs. You're selecting the, yeah, I mean, the songs you even you even select, you know, because yeah. we, we've talked about this before. When artists makes an album, they might have 40 songs. Yeah. <laughs> and sure. then you're picking a core five and you kind of go from there. Um, so that's interesting. It's a good perspective bringing up how the ordering could be different. It's just, I feel like within, like you guys mentioned with heavy metal, within the genre, there's just certain things that you have certain limitations. If you don't have a guitar in the album, it's not a heavy metal album. Like it's just very clear cut almost. Um, and I feel like in terms of, that that can relate to hip hop where like the quote unquote definition of a concept album, I understand it could be fairly or fairly broad. It can mean a lot of different things in terms of concept album, but I feel like within hip hop, if you hear concept album, it's a real story. Like you, you can tell what's a concept album and what's like a theme album. And I think the difference between the two is much more sharp than other genres. And that could be just a biased type of thing or a limited type of thing because I don't know other genres as much. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I wouldn't approach this album as a concept one anyway. And so if it is a theme, because there's so many different ways to approach quote unquote love sickness and yeah. the version that he creates within the album, the order doesn't matter as much. Now I'll say this I don't like Leave the Club. <laughs> Like I personally yeah, don't even yeah. like the song. I mean, it's, so it's if it wasn't on the album song. at all, yeah, right? If valid. it wasn't on the album at all, that, then I'll be okay with that. that like but I think <laughs> the fact that it's so close to the beginning is like if you're yeah. gonna right. have it, structure it in a way that's cohesive. That's I my thing. That I I don't true know, true. I don't know if that is a terrible expectation. Like, I no, I, like, that's fair. I just don't feel like it's trying to tell a story at all. You know, I and I I feel like given Don Tolliver's laid back sound, I think the idea of a loose album rather than that's a month for six. Yeah, I just think I think that the theme itself could be made just slightly tighter through some very minor tweaks in I, terms I of the ordering, and yeah, that's all I, I'm saying is like I'm not I, expecting oh, it to yeah. be. You I think know, there are oh, some, yeah. I think there are some ordering issues here. Just. Like, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Like, You're I, making a great point. I definitely think like there are just, like one through five. Like there's just a serious sequence. One hundred percent. Like, um, I thought. I think love sickness. Yeah. And openers matter a lot. <laughs> matter a lot. Let her go. No. It sounds like cool, but I'm. The James yeah. Blake, I like the idea. I don't know if it was executed exactly the best you know, way. Like I wanted and, to like yeah. it. It's not 
that. What's that? What's that James Blake song that Travis featured on off of James Blake? I know exactly what you're album. talking about. Um, it's got him doing the chorus where he's like, yeah, nah, and he comes in like low. I don't remember what it is, but that song is that's like what I would consider to be it for me personally in terms of his sound. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, I like the idea of James Blake coming in the Mal High song. Mal High. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that song. And so I, I think the idea of adding James Blake to a Cactus Jack sound just in general, it, yeah, it, it's a good idea. it was meant, right. It's meant to set up for success, but it just wasn't executed that way. Yeah. And then personally, I, I think leave the club came out as a single before the album. It almost like it really discouraged me coming yeah, into that. Like I, I would say that. I, it's not, I think the beat switch is kind of cool. It was one of the few beat switches I was like, okay. And on top of that, if I'm being completely fair, I don't listen to Little Dirk and I don't like Glorilla. And that's yeah, not meant to like, be like in a negative sense. If you like it, perfectly fine. It's just not music that's yeah, meant for me. Yeah, no, that's the thing, right? Like Glorilla, be like not for me. There's no like, situation where yeah. I'm going to sit down and listen to and Glorilla. Like it's Dirk. just it, it, <laughs> and Don Tolliver's hook is so sounds like. A squeaky and it's not yeah you know so i like part of me kind of likes the vibe of it part of me like part of me wants to like glorilla because i don't think she's like bad by any just no she's it's not the it's... combination of like it's not for me and her voice you know it, it's like it, it it's a lot you know so yeah and then per- for me is mm-hmm. One I I just I, I have some thoughts about. You didn't like for me. I don't dislike. Well, wait, before it. we move on, before we move on, Jasper, you're gonna say something. Yeah, say something because uh, I have a pretty long tirade about for. I just wanted to circle back to something that you brought up that I think is really important here, and part of the reason I think I really didn't like this album. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Cactus Jack sound. Now, the Cactus Jack sound to me. And I, I can immediately conjure, you know, what it sounds like, texturally, what it is, who sounds good on it, and who doesn't, right? The Cactus Jack sound is something that, for me, I think seriously holds this album back. Because I think it creates expectations. It, okay. It feels to me like, honestly, every single, every almost every single song on this album, except for the ones that deviated from it, I was like expecting to hear a Travis feature on the next verse. And it just sets, it sets up the feeling of, of something. Right. And I think that from, from the perspective of a producer, you know, you stick to the formula in a lot of ways for an album like Mm -hmm. this, where it's like, there's a sound, you write lyrics that don't matter as much as the way the vocal track, you know, lays over this sound because that's what people go for. It's a vibe, and like you said. It's exactly. And I think that if this album didn't adhere to that so strictly, I think it would have been a lot easier for Don to make an album that yeah. in, in in a lot of ways did contribute more yeah. lyrically and in terms of concept than this one does. Yeah. Like could mm-hmm. you imagine like this same album, the same native energy, like if it was on like yeah, I, it would be like yeah. completely different. Yeah. It would be just yeah. I'm curious then. Yeah, I, I, because that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, could you imagine Don Tolliver outside of the Cactus Jack formula? I feel yes, like he, he, of all of them. Yeah, and granted, I can only think of like four. 
I mean, yes, of course, out of all of them, Don Tolliver is the most successful. He, it's yeah, Travis Scott I, and Don Tolliver. I could see Don Tolliver being on stuff that The Weeknd is on. Like, I, we talked about this already. I see him being, in terms of vocal styling, I could see him rising to that at some point yeah. in terms of, like, his his ability. Now, musically, I think it it's hard to break out of a box. I think mm-hmm. that... You know, Jack Boys and his appearance on Can't Say and even his first project have all kind of put him in that realm. His it is his sound. Yeah, yeah his, like it's his, literally it's his sound now. Yeah, and it's just one of those things that's tough because, I mean, you either what you you continue to do this thing or you reinvent yourself in a way that you know is a risk. But I could totally see him branching out and just doing m- much more like pop centric stuff that doesn't tie itself to the trap, the kind of more trap sound. I think what he heavily relies on, and not even in a negative way, it, his voice is very unique. It his is. singing abilities is far beyond the average rapper or hip hop artist. Um, so it, it's interesting because it, it's hard to picture Don Tolliver outside of the scope of Cactus Jack because it, it essentially it, that's who he is. Yeah. Now I agree, I can see him XO weekend. Yeah. It's just very limited evidence because we have we have Moon that was on Donda, but he was just he was a chorus, and I so know. I feel like that's his song. Like I, what about Broken? Road? I mean, yeah, it, I like I his go, song, I but again, it's I agree, but it's not. Do you go? He doesn't really have a verse in it, really. Do you go and listen to his verse? It's just a chorus. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like yeah, I feel like Don Tolliver. I know, and I love it. I love it. But in reality, it is he's a hip hop artist. Yeah. It's more than just the chorus. So it's yeah, hard right. to picture a verse from Don Tolliver that's outside of the range of a Captain Jack heavily influenced album, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um But anyway, you you're gonna say for me. Because I like for me. I actually do like really? for me a okay. lot. Because like here's the thing, there's just like there's a split in my Here's mm. the thing. I feel like this is another song that's just for like 19 year olds and they're like, let's be fucking real, right? Like, let's be it's true. Real, it's right? true. It's true. But because like, the Cactus Jack audience skews a lot younger. Yeah, right. It is younger. But, 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 and like, this is something I had mentioned this to Purvis week, like, and I think I'm going to break the fourth wall a little bit. Like, something I think that could help us as we become like, isn't that? Maybe brushing up on critical theory, and like one okay. of the base principles yeah. of critical theory is like put your own feelings about it, and like can you identify what the artist is trying to do? How well did they? Right, and to me, I think this is very clear. Like, no, this is the song they wanted to make, right? They wanted to make like this song for twenty, and like. They literally and dropped on Valentine's Day with his girlfriend, <laughs> right? So, like, to a degree, I feel like my own personal feelings are irrelevant because, like, my critical, mo- like, through the critical lens, mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's an effective song, you know. So, I, I just feel like I want to take a moment to just separate. Because, like, I gotta be honest, this is gonna be a skip every time for me. Like, the world has broken my heart too many. <laughs> But like, which I, I understand. I, I a lot of songs on this. Yeah, like it's very relatable. I understand right. that. And I the, think and so. The, and the other thing, it doesn't, it doesn't help the fact that I think the album gets much better the second this. 
Okay. Valid. I mean, that that's totally justified. It, it was interesting enough with the way you said that, because when I think of how, if, if music's actually relatable, yeah. is this almost too positive? And I don't want to say that in a negative sense, but like in reality, um, it's a can music song. sound too unrealistic? Because like you said, something that might be more relatable to you and to a lot of people, I think, people go through heartbreak. They go through hardship. Yeah. It's a lot easier to connect to negative um, negative emotions and reactions to positive ones. It's just kind of how we're hardwired. I, I, so I like, don't know. I don't, know I don't I think that's happening here. Yeah, I just... Yeah, okay. I, I, I think from... For me, this album suffers from if you say something too often, it becomes less meaningful. That's fair. Where like, yeah, say the word please a ton of times and it starts to lose its meaning. Say I love you a ton right. of times, it starts to lose its meaning. I think this album does that in spades. Like, yeah. there are so many tracks that just reiterate the same thing in different ways over different, you know, arrangements that don't contribute anything to it. And there are two songs that I really dislike on this album. One of them is, oh, well. I think, the most popular in terms of plays. I really can't stand Honeymoon and Do It Right. Oh, I love Honeymoon do and right. Do It Right. Oh, my God. I love Do It Right. The chorus is so annoying. The background. <laughs> oh, my God. The interpolation hits. I don't know. You're, you're fucking crazy. No. I like annoys, Do It Right. It just annoys me. <laughs> I love that. It's song. interesting. That was, that was like, when I was like, okay, I need to... Pick one song to show my girl. <laughs> it hey, was gonna be do it right. I picked yeah, I picked do it right. Like I was like, oh, this is cool. But like I get it. Like I under It's not it's not big enough of a sample. Yeah. It's like just eh. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like because it's like that gray worm because like it's like that gray area for like because it's like when it was happening, I was like, I know what this is, but I don't know what it and like yeah, maybe it was like the mixing on my earbuds or something, but just it, it was like too present. It's like too forward in the yeah. mix for me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't mind. Honeymoon, I, I I'm much more empathetic to that. I like yeah. Honeymoon, but yeah, I it's. I can I can understand if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the weaker songs on the side of the album. Yeah, I don't mind Let Her Go. To be honest, like I think James mm-hmm. Blake does a serviceable job. And then later on, I actually really like Future's feature on Private Landing. Like that song is that song is okay, but I like his feature a lot. Uh, yeah. That song has a good order. Like that's something I was gonna point out. Private lying, Private Landing has a good order. I surprisingly thought Future would go last. Him coming before Justin Bieber actually made the song work very well. Yeah. In my I opinion. don't mind. Yeah, and I don't mind Leather Coat. I like that one too. I like Leather Coat a lot. Leather Coat actually. is good. Yeah. yeah, I really like Slow Motion. Uh, mm-hmm. Blue yeah. yeah, but I gotta say, like, <clears throat> as positive as I've been on this album, like by far my biggest disappointment. Bust up the bread fires. Yeah. I know you said the feature he didn't, because I agree. When you brought it up to me, I was like, it's no wasteland. He yeah, didn't put in that not, level of quality. It's it, look, it's not the worst song in the world. I don't like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's not the worst song in the world, but like I'm a. Huge it's not the worst song on the album. No, not the worst it, song on the album. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like Don Toliver doing a Chance of Rapper impression. It kind of <laughs> does. 
It kind of does. Interesting. Right? And like it totally Hot, does. What the sound? It sounds like it yeah. sounds like Sunday candy, motherfucker. It does a little bit. It sounds like. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We like Sunday candy. Let's not eat Sunday candy. We like Sunday candy. It's all right. <laughs> so there are certain I, parts of that song that I think are too fast for their own good, yeah. and this has that problem in terms of like the, it, the speed yeah, with which yeah, it comes yeah. comes at you. But and, I agree. I agree. So I just didn't think it came. I just thought. That was the thing. I thought like it was just a very sloppily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And before that was one of the highlights of the album. Yeah. You're going to say company, company or what? Oh, company part three. I thought was one of the highlights. Yeah. So Jasper, I don't know if you listened to us listen to heaven or hell company is my favorite song. Like part one company is my favorite song by Don Tyler. And the... <laughs> Bro, the, the fact that like the company was the one song that he has continued through his albums yeah. and like that's the song that i like it's the most it's the least streamed one and that's the one that i pointed out absolutely love this yeah. <laughs> i have an ear for don Tolliver. that is I'm gonna, yeah you know who's a, you know it's another artist that has like a very similar trilogy of songs is it kid cuddy with solo Doa? Yeah. Well, yes, but I was not thinking okay. about them. They were someone we talked okay. about extensively on this episode. Mm. Oh, this episode of the podcast. Well, it's Metallica, uh, the Unforgiven yeah. Trilogy. True. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. It's very yeah. similar to the, because, like, they complete, like, it sounds like the same. It has, like, the same vibe. I don't think they repeat. But mm-hmm. it's a completely different. I, when I was listening to this the first time, I wasn't listening. Title. I wasn't either. Yeah, and I didn't even think this was company. I was like, Jesus, this beautiful layered sound. I think if I had with Charlie Wilson, some mm. of the highlights. Of- I love the company trilogy. I gotta say, okay, Com- um, company is not my favorite song off Heaven or Hell. That's gotta go to mm. either Cardigan, After Party, or Euphoria. I love Euphoria. all great songs. All great songs. Euphoria hits. <laughs> IMO. I I think you're correct. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, it, one thing that I want to go over. So I've said this many times before on the podcast. I hate the idea of artists working on music right after dropping a project. I feel like it takes away some of the meaning. Understanding the deluxe might be album or songs that might have been thrown away or songs that may not have cleared samples. So with that being said, I will give this a pass from my one like hatred rule <laughs> because the deluxe came like what two, three days afterwards. So clearly I feel like these songs are meant to be added. Um what first, what do you think about the placement? I don't like it at the beginning. Absolutely. I think it should go at the end. I think it makes the worst part once again, I think the pro- the album's worst part is its beginning and it this reminds me of when Uzi dropped uh, Eternal Take Deluxe and just mm-hmm. front loaded everything on the front. And they do it for streaming numbers, but like. It's essentially a whole second album, the Deluxe. Yeah, it's, for obno- Uzi at least. it's obnoxious because the start of Eternal Take is so good on the bass version. Just like the Welcome to Eternal Take. I turn to add, yep. and it goes on. And just like. Oh my god, doing it here! Like yeah, I like uh, the Travis feature on "Embarrassed," and I think "No Pole" is a, a fun song, but I don't think they have a place here. I, I think they're in the wrong spot, of course. Yeah, no, these, they're, they're just extra songs. They yeah. should be thrown at the end. Yeah. Now I liked "Embarrassed" all the way through. Okay. And I liked, that's obviously something we had to talk. And about. I liked "Lucky I'm Having." 
I think both of the songs that you just mentioned, Embarrassing Lucky I'm Having, are phenomenal with the features as well. No pole, Geronimo could have gone yeah, without I, it completely. Yeah, they, Fair. I mean, to be I mean, I enjoyed no the sound of No Pole solo. Yeah, I didn't like uh, uh, Geronimo is, I don't even remember it, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious because this is, this is essentially a second wave and it might be a marketing thing. I don't know. But obviously, as you mentioned earlier, you listen to an album like this. Mm-hmm. You listen to a very influenced Cactus Jack album. You're waiting for Travis Scott to come in. We finally got the Travis Scott feature. What do you think about Embarrassed? I, I personally, I love Embarrassed. I think it is debatably one of the better songs in the album, believe it or I, not. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. Like I, I thought it was fun. It's okay. It doesn't have my, my favorite styling of Travis's vocals. I, I like it when he's a little lower in terms of pitching. Which is okay. part of why I like white girls so much, you know, Brandon's least favorite. But I, I think that him him at the lower register definitely is more of a vibe for me personally, unless it's his early stuff where he's the the uh, the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I mean, just the the way this has been released, I think there are just a lot of problems, including the front load. It's an hour and four minutes for the deluxe, and it came out what th- three days after the right, pretty much right away. And, and this has been a trend lately. It's just obnoxious. Horribly done deluxe roll. That is an excellent conversation, Jasper, because this has taken over. The it's been a pro- it's a pro- it's a problem. <laughs> Every album has a deluxe version. Yeah. Every album. It's the opposite. Uh, of unless the it's like a problem. full concept album. <laughs> It's the so opposite what's the of the EDM, EDM problem? The EDM problem is that nobody makes a goddamn album. Everything is a single, and then it comes out as like a little LP with like four remixes attached that nobody cares about. And that it's like true. That's, that's why I like that's why I like Gasafelstein and Daft Punk and people like that because they can make Freak albums. Out. And that's why I've been listening to Mr. Kitty so goddamn much because I messed with that fucking album that got recommended. Yeah, time. Time's <laughs> a great album. Oh my god, Rats is on permanent rotation. Dude, I love Rats. I love, oh, it's I, so my good. My dream is one day to direct an action set piece. Like it's the- so good, dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh just it's god. one of those things. Hip hop is going the other direction where it's like, let's it's make this so a massive happy. project, yeah. and, and just like rack up v- list the streams and listens and like it's, it's contribute a- nothing. It's very album focused, but not necessarily in a good because mm-hmm. I feel <clears> like. It, it kind of a double edged sword. Yeah, like most of it is like the drink. Much shit is out. Yeah, twenty five song out. But right. but you know yeah. but you know who we really have to blame for this, and it wasn't even a streaming thing when it when this Me? became a thing. No, you're gonna say Chris Brown? <laughs> no, I'm gonna say Kanye and Jay Z. Watch the Throne Deluxe. Yeah, but then again, like I do think there are deluxes that are worth it. Like I remember when After Hours came out, I got two different deluxes. I didn't even like one of them. I was fine. But... I don't think <laughs> I, I don't even think Good Kid, Mad City deluxes any is worth it. Oh, at all. that's silly. No, the it's recipe? not. I don't. I don't care. I don't like having remixes on the main album. It has a remix on the main album. No, that's that's stellar. I <laughs> I don't mess with I that love man. A re- I love a remix. Give me a a bitch. Don't kill my vibe remix. I want to hear that song six more look, times. Look, look. 
I'll put it. I'll we, put it on a are... separate. No, I'll put it on a separate <laughs> album. But my OCD cannot handle having the same song twice in two different flavors on the same project. That is true. No, that is very true. That annoys me. <laughs> Jasper, normally I would disagree because of Kendrick, but that is true. I I would hate to I hear the same Cole, song on the album. Vibe. I want the big grit. Don't kill my vibe. And I then want the Griselda. Don't kill my vibe. But then my dumbass, my dumbass goes and like, oh, did the album restart? And I had like look. <laughs> my phone and i get all like thrown off like i'm driving and i'm like wait did i listen to this all the way through already and it's like oh no it's just that one weird like remix that they happen to just there, shoehorn on the end for whatever reason bro there are so many deluxes that do that and it is so <laughs> annoying i, I don't hate like it, it so much i really don't well, like it i mean to be fair i'll say this for brandon's sake kendrick lamar we won't count this conversation because his deluxes is either that or like damn in reverse i i hate so it. like I, I so like reverse. come on like, can we talk I, about i think is that like the i thought the, the deluxe for good kid bad city just had the two songs it was the recipe and which i thought was, it was more than that i thought it was more it, it is now more it is four songs it's, it is yeah, five like songs five, yeah. and two of them are remixes <laughs> i don't like that <laughs> Good kid, <bad> no <laughs> no anyway can we talk about one of the worst offenders in this space i think they also kind of kicked this off in like the modern past couple years donda uh, deluxe oh yeah that was an awesome oh yeah that too fuck that donda awesome. deluxe that had like four remixes you know what hold on and it really- also that album just wasn't complete <laughs> let's be honest it was never complete you see this this is Donna Deluxe. Fuck this album. I have it on vinyl and fuck this album, all right? It's just, wow, it's what just beautiful a, album art. I know, right? It's just black. Well, you, can see, you can see yourself. There you go. That's hilarious. That has... How did this get approved? There's so it much... It looks like just... some bullshit that fell off of a fucking spaceship. It's like just a black square. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh Donna Deluxe had like five part twos, and all of them were worse, except for the um, jail. I don't even no, care the about the no, no, the jail. No, was okay, so fine. The jail one was bad. Jay Z verse <laughs> undefeated on jail. Yes, original. I agree. I fully agree. I'm not saying so, jail was bad. I'm just saying jail part Marilyn two was not terrible. The baby, the baby fucks up the whole flow of that uh, that and song. I, we I, do I, hate the baby. I think Marilyn Manson ruins. We song. do hate the baby. Facts, but. The, for me, it's the fact that it changes the entire order of the album. Yeah, like jail is that is also opening. yeah, and it's like See, yeah, that was when, also before when I was actually listening to Donda, I made my own like Donda Deluxe playlist where I put in uh, what's that song, uh, Life of the Party, where I thought it belonged, but I kept the order the same and I just dropped the part twos off because I think they're mid as fuck, and I just left I just left the rest of it. The album should Fully fucking agree. end with "He's Done Miracles on Me." That is the end of the album. <laughs> <laughs> I will not hear any discussion of this. Like, <laughs> hey, I, I'm on the same page. To be honest, as long as you put "Life in the Party" somewhere in there, then we're we're good. "Life of the Party's in there. I, I don't think I even did the other one. Let me see. Where's my Donda playlist? It's here. Donda edit is what I called it. Yeah, the correct. No child left behind is the end. Come to life and no child left behind, and then "Life of the Party." I put in between Jonah and okay okay because Jonah ends on like that somber note. So then it's like mm-hmm. it goes into Life of the Party, which is like more low key, and then okay okay brings it back with the energy a little bit. Isn't it the opposite way? Mm-mm. But I know what you mean. I think. Oh wait, you edited anyway. Yeah yeah okay. Yeah, 
right. It so, just whatever. Um, yeah, that album is a, okay. a shame. We want to do a grave for Don Tolliver then. So you yes. Have left at ship at the sale or whatever. The <laughs> as, as we started ranting about deluxe albums, yes. Yep. Um, it's a it's a problem. Stop doing it, but also capital. Yeah. Less is more. Push it. Done right. Push it. Right. taught us less is more. Come on, guys. All right. So, what do you guys give it for a grade? Yeah, so okay, I mean, I would give this like a a B minus or a C plus overall. I feel very similarly in terms of like the way this album makes me feel. I feel very similarly to how we felt about Isaiah Rashad, to okay. be honest. Okay. It doesn't it, the highs. It's got fun musical parts. It doesn't do anything for me thematically. It's just it's a vibe. Okay, that's totally fair. Okay, but I'll say. Okay. I think the growth is great. I think he fits into the. That's fair. Uh, definitely be. Yes. Mm-hmm. This uh, could be a forty-minute uh, album. Yeah, this could be. A, this could be a forty-minute. Minute. Easily. Even if it's not even cutting out a whole song, cut out a verse. Honestly. Um. Okay, but personally, I am around the exact same area. I said BB plus. I think starting out with Heaven or Hell, I put Heaven or Hell extremely high. Personally, I just like the album. So Heaven or Hell is more in like the A A minus range. Personally, um, and then Life of a Don just kind of drops off harder. Um, I think Life of a Don has some potential and it does have some good songs, but as an album, it just doesn't really stick. So I think this is a very good step in the right direction. It shows a lot of growth for his sound, for his vocals. And in terms of a theme album, I think he does it very, very well. But there is a lot of room for improvement. I, Rather I, be, it, it might just, honestly, and like we all said, it might just be excluding certain things. Yeah. And I think that that would immediately increase the quality. I agree. All right. I, but, I, I, I get all, All right, should we do our uh, recommendations? Our recommendations get out of here. All right, it is a long night. All right. Um, I'll start off then. Starting off, I'm going to do Pell J, a song called Shameful Game. Um, this is a song that I found randomly one day, I'm pretty sure, off of TikTok. I think it's a phenomenal song in my opinion. I would recommend visiting it. Um, really smooth. Like really, really smooth. You can lay back and kick and just chill. Yeah, that's good. All right. I'll go next. So I wanted to recommend a song that hit me in nostalgia centers like no other. And it's Lincoln Park's Lost. It was recently found or recently released era from the early 2000s. You know, which I think that album's a match. I, I think Beacon Park's first. Absolutely. Yes. Underrated. Yeah. Under Underrepresented today. Un- yeah, underrepresented today. I think Beacon Park is kind of responsible for that. But. Yeah, yeah. fair. Uh, but <laughs> this. And here's the thing, right? Just because of the arc of Beacon Park's career, when I heard that this out, I was like, no way going to put me directly back at 15 
me out of the mall with but god <laughs> the boy it. did it <laughs> boy did it like it hits it hits so hard and i recommend awesome but and jasper we are taking it back 2013 travis scott hell of a night owl pharaoh phenomenal kylie jenner's phenomenal favorite travis song. scott song Put it on the Instagram marketing with their like makeup or whatever. Yep. Phenomenal. Yep. Great song. So we all know I've been yelling it from the rooftops. Al Faro turns 10 this year, May 21st. Gonna be 10 years old. May 21st. Deep dive is coming. Brandon, we gotta get you up to speed on Al Faro so we yeah, can get it done. You, is it on Spotify? No. No. It's on SoundCloud, and we will send you a link. <laughs> I have a, I have a link for you too. Yeah, yeah either way. God, iconic, so good. It is phenomenal. If it's May twenty first, save the date. We'll be doing a deep dive. That's a that's a Sunday, so we do it the week before. It's out for the weekend. There yeah, you go. We could do that. It works for me. All right. Um, my second song. Then I have finally come to the end of my. Griselda deep dives. I've been listening to so much Griselda. It's it's How ridiculous. Can you not, I've been listening. <laughs> it's great. I, I'm like no I'm not feeling, complaining, but it's there, a lot. There is no feeling better than just hearing West Side Gun go, "Hey yo!" As you walk into a <laughs> office, like Look, nothing makes me feel like I am in American Psycho. But ow. We had a just we had a, a conversation about a hey, yo off the podcast <laughs> just yeah. recently, which was. Hey, okay. <laughs> right. You, you need to have a certain amount of listens to the Gr- Griselda to be screaming boom, boom, albums. boom, and say, hey, yo. <laughs> at least eight out. Boom, boom, um, boom but... <laughs> You get boom, boom, boom privileges after four albums. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I'm literally on the train. <laughs> but, but for me, I approached it from the Side Talk NYC side of things. <laughs> Hey yo, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I will give that as a pass. I, I will give you that. I'll give you that. You've heard um, me do it in the office. People lose their yes. shit. <laughs> it's true. Um, but but what I'll say then, I I have been coming on the end of it. I found a song by Chantel May. It was actually an R and B artist featuring Rust Side Gun. It is the most bizarre mixture of music you'll probably ever hear. It is like. Right now. <laughs> I didn't even say the song name yet. <laughs> it's a song called Until I Say So. It is a the most beautiful voiced female singer I've heard in so long. It's it's phenomenal singer. And then West Side Gun comes in with just like a Griselda rap line. And it fits perfectly. I, I don't know how it works, but it's it's amazing. So I highly recommend Until I Say So. All right. I, I want to recommend a, a lower an artist I discovered maybe an hour and a half before the show started. Nice. Uh, Spotify DJ okay. recommended him to me. And I was like, ooh. what is this? I was like, My DJ did the same thing. And I was like, is, ooh. Like, it was the most <laughs> weird and unique mix of songs. What is this melody? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm recommending the song Cold Beer by Lesane, right? And it's weird because the guy is, you click on his Spotify, will say like his biggest influence are. Wait, spell it out for the people. L- what, how do you spell L-S-A-N-E. it? All capitals, L-E-S-A-N-E, right? Okay. And the song I'm recommending is Cold Beer, right? 
And like you go, you click it, and like it says like, oh, his biggest influences are like Chief and Michael Jackson, are, and that comes across. What kind of mixture is that? Right. Yes. But that comes across. But at the same time, when I was listening to it, I was like, is this an indie rock band from early two thousands work? Right, like it, it feels almost as much what's like, going on here. It feels almost as much like the Arctic Monkeys or Jet or you know the White Stripes as it does Chief Keef. Wild. And it's I'm like, saving the whole album. Yeah, I'm saving the whole so album. Listen to a few of his songs. There's some Cold Beer sounds a little bit more towards the rock side than the hip hop side, but he has other ones that make it clear that this guy is a hip hop artist at least. So Bruh. I loved it. It was like such a weird because like I got recommended two songs by the DJ so far, and like one of them was this song, which clearly hit, and the other one mm-hmm. was the most annoying song I've ever heard. Like imagine if <laughs> balance imagine everything's if balanced. That's all things should be. Oh my god, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But also, I should have did my DJ recommend. This song. Okay, I'm gonna do that next week. I'm Curtis, excited. <laughs> you you asked what Chief Keef and Michael Jackson influence sounds like. These bitches like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jasper, you're gonna get put on a list for that. I say yeah, that. Yeah, probably can, the same one you're on. There's going to be so many <laughs> people hunting lists, you, worst including worst myself. Worst <laughs> I gotta say, I don't gotta tell my neighbors when I move. Like, <laughs> I'm sure someone out there's made a made a a mashup. That's hilarious. Of like MJ with like Chief Keef versus over it or something. I'm sure it's out there. I mean, Chief Keef's oh, the what ghost. Was the one I to. saw that was like, it was, it wasn't, it was MJ and Bobby Schmuck. Wow. It was I don't care about us and hot and wild. What a mixture. <laughs> I want to see Pop Smoke on The Girl Is Mine. Make it happen. Let's go, internet. Jazz, you wanna, it probably exists. You want to send this out for the night? Yeah, my second rec is someone else I've been fucking with heavy. We talked about him on the Blitz episode. Daniel Deluxe, guy who did the Ghost Runner soundtrack with a single, unfortunately, the single format that he uh, put out called Blood Magic. And it starts out super intense, super intense, and becomes the most goddamn like danceable bopping shit you'll ever hear out of like heavy synth. What was that called? Blood magic. That sounds cool. That sounds like some Game of Thrones. And have you guys ever seen? Have you guys ever seen that uh, that GIF of the duck that dances, where it's like it's doing like the steps, where its feet are going like this, like in? Oh, I'm gonna find it. I got you. I got you. Hold on. <laughs> That's what you were dancing like. <laughs> no, like you can play this. It will line up perfectly. Yeah, it's like the one Spider-Man gift that times with any music. Have you ever seen? That? It's that. It's exactly that, but this duck thing. Here we go. I don't even know what the Spider-Man gift you're talking about. Here it is. Like I'm opening it. One. Here we go. Uh, visit. Let's visit this page so I can actually see the thing. Here we go. Screen share. We're ending with a meme. Look at the duck. Always going to bed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen this. Real oh, quick. Gotta, real quick. Cue up. Cue up Blood Magic and just like <laughs> skip to the middle and you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh, and hello. That changed, changed sides. I, I do not know how to do that yet. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I do not know how to play it so it's recorded the right channel. 
Okay, yeah, it does uh, line up perfectly. It does line up perfectly. Thank you. And then it goes to like pole dancing, but you get the idea. That's my guy. That is my friend. I love it. That's my fucking boy right there. (laughs) This is my son. I'm gonna call him Duck 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 Goffles. Yes. Okay, we're done. I'm I'm done. We're done. (laughs) Absolutely not. Signing off. And on that note, (laughs) memes and uh, tip your waitresses. Good night. (laughs) Facts.